Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. This month, we've been talking about chickens a lot, and that's because it's chick season. But it's also because the Bowman household is coming up on a big birthday this year for our little flock. We'll continue the chicken theme again next week, along with updates on our scheduled trip to Joy and Martin's to document the joys of lambing season on the Valley Blacknose Project. We leave for next weekend on our trip to Oregon, so life has been a bit hectic in the planning arena around here. But sometimes life throws more than one curve at you. And today, we had planned to bring you an interview with Tracy Torres, the founder of the website called My Pet Chicken. That site is the gateway drug for all things agriculture-related, and it's where Rick and I started our chicken adventure with 10 Little Peeps way back in 2011. Yes, our feed bills are Tracy's fault, and we will be sure to bring that up with her. We're bobbing and weaving with Tracy's busy chick season schedule this week, though, so we'll bring you our conversation with her on next week's podcast. And it's not just us doing the dance of the unexpected this week. The entire nation is currently dealing with yet another major environmental event. This is one that impacted a whole lot of people across the American South recently. It was a terribly perfect illustration of a principle that's reiterated to all of us constantly, whether we pay attention to it or not. And that is, in life, it's all about the math. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not a math whiz by any means. And even though I do the accounting type thing for most of my day in my other life, math is not my best friend. But even so, It has become more and more clear to me that nearly everything in life has a math component, no matter how you approach it. We do it all the time in our daily lives. For trip planning, how do I estimate the time it'll take to go where we need to go and how long it'll take? Distance divided by rate of speed equals the rough number of hours to get there. Or for grocery shopping, how many potatoes do we use every week, so when will we have to order another bag? I won't tell you how many potatoes we eat in this German and Irish-influenced household, but it involves a lot of multiplication. But the math goes on and on with almost everything we do in life, and it's very much a factor, ha ha ha, in the accounting universe, as you might think. We accountants and bookkeepers have some basic categories in the budget calculation that we use to estimate how many digits there should be in front of the decimal in our cash accounts. In other words, what's it going to cost us, and how much money do we need? Sometimes we classify them as fixed costs and variable costs. Fixed costs are the ones that are pretty predictable, and they don't really change much no matter how everything else changes or how much you produce. Things like the rent payment, or the basic wages for your employees who are on salary, or your insurance every month. Variable costs are the ones that usually change, based on production output. I sell more, so I pay more. In commissions, for example. 
or I have people producing more cars, so the hourly wages on the production line go up. I have more cows producing more milk, so my feed bills go up. And those are two of the basics in business that most people understand, and these numbers we use to multiply and divide are easier to predict and control, at least for the most part. Everyone does it in their head, no matter what they do. But then there are those things that are much more difficult to plan for, and they're sometimes nearly impossible to predict. It doesn't matter how much fixed or variable information you have in your spreadsheet, or how lucky you are in Vegas. These are often the make-or-break mathy type things for almost anyone in life, let alone business, let alone agriculture. And in something that seems so impactful in life, you would think that it'd be a hard and fast thing that everyone could put in the daily planner. I first learned about the technical names for these things, these make-or-break factors, when I was exposed to it in college, studying for my business degree. You can hedge your numbers with really good contingency planning on the fixed and even the variable side of the equation, but when it comes down to it, these other things are the ones that make everything go downhill in a hurry, or have it take off like a bird in flight. And of course, life being life, you have very little, if any, control over them whatsoever. In the business realm, the acronyms that are often used to represent these factors are STEEPLE, S-T-E-E-P-L-E, or PESTLE, P-E-S-T-E-L. You can run the letters around in different orders, but they usually stand for social or societal, technological, economic, environmental, which also includes climate, political, legal, and ethical. For all of us trying to plan anything at all, these factors can be ugly or beautiful or somewhere in between. But no matter what, they can determine whether or not you stay in business or you keep your property or you and your animals stay alive. They depend on things as mercurial as politics, the weather, national trade agreements, and social norms. In other words, things like whether or not Obamacare gets passed, there's a revolution in Myanmar, Kim Kardashian likes your lipstick color tweet, or some idiot tosses a lit cigarette out of his window in Redding, California in the month of September or October. How on earth would you ever predict that? I hope you take a few minutes to ruminate on that this week as you're going about the daily tasks that leave you extra time to let your brain wander a bit. How often is my life impacted by those types of things? And what can I actually do to lessen the impact? Predicting costs are hard enough with just the fix and the variable parts, let me tell you. But I keep coming back to those accounting words in the equations. The key words are not fixed or variable. And though the other ones are really impactful too, it's not even the other parts of the steeple or pestle factors. The key word for me here, very much so this week, is cost. We associate that with money, but that's a pretty limited definition. It really comes down to, what does it take to get something we want or need? Is it money? Time? Materials? Effort? Manpower? What do you have to give to get something? That's the cost, and it's not always immediately apparent, unless you dig a bit. But in this week's news, it's pretty obvious. 
And this gets a little ominously dark here. We're still counting the number of people and animals that have died this last week due to that major weather event that caused the temperatures to plunge and brought icy conditions to tens of millions of people. This happened in multiple states, but most notably in Texas, where the power grid collapsed and the water system went down right after it. Many died of cold when the weather dropped below freezing and the power grid failed for days at a time. Some died from lack of water or food, because the diesel fuel used to run the tractors had turned to useless gel in these temperatures. Water tanks and ponds were frozen, poultry and livestock barns had no gas for heat, and the pipes in houses were either frozen or non-functional or had burst. This, in the modern age of technological advancement, the year 2021. We still don't know the final totals yet for the crops and the animals that died in the fields and the sheds and the livestock barns and homes across the continent this week, or how much our food supply system has been impacted by this event, or how much money was lost in business because people couldn't get where they needed to go, or how much the emergency services budget ballooned, or how much terror was experienced by the realization that in this modern day and age, we're all still subject to the vagaries of something so unrelenting and uncontrollable as the weather. And yes, that's a steeple factor of extraordinary proportions in the last few years on this planet. We'll find out most of the costs of all kinds over the next few months or possibly even years. We do know we can probably expect higher food prices this year, I'm sure. It's supply and demand, after all. But as of yesterday's ABC News story, the numbers we have for the immediate price of this storm across the United States was this. 69 people dead. 44 consecutive hours of freezing temperatures. 4.3 million power outages reported. Over $18 billion in damage. The accountant in me says the profound impact of this particular disaster could be due to decisions on the balance sheet and capital improvement expenditures, or lack thereof. It could be about the income statement and either the desire for more income or the reduction in expenses. It could be about fixed costs or variable costs. And we can all relate to all these types of considerations, and frankly, we might not ever figure out why it happened like it did. But no matter what, that truism from business school keeps circling back to me. It looks like the steeple factors aren't going away anytime soon. They're not going to stop impacting us in ways we never expected before. Social or societal, technological, economic, environmental and climate, political, legal, and ethical challenges will abound and they will hit our food supply in an especially painful manner. If Rick and I have learned nothing else over the last four years of farm interviews, we can take this one to the bank. For all humans, increasing our flexibility to account for the vagaries of fate is our best hedge against the expectedly unexpected and is probably a really, really good thing for all of us. Whether or not we make that happen is up to all of us. And no matter what, one thing has become supremely clear. It's all going to depend 
on how much we truly want to do the math. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We want to thank you for joining us today and every week, and we really do appreciate each and every one of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and please come back next week for another adventure. Until then, so long. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, all rights reserved, copyright 2021.